It's time to power up. How to eat for energy, the tale of two towns. Welcome to the Eat Plants Feel Whole podcast, a program designed to help you harness the healing power of plants and transform your health. I'm your host, Todd Chobatar. I serve as publisher and editor-in-chief at Advent Health Press. Today, we're talking to lifestyle medicine specialist, Dr. George Guthrie, about his book, Eat Plants, Feel Whole. Welcome, Dr. Guthrie. Pleasure to be here. So, Dr. Guthrie, today, uh, we're talking about how to eat for energy. Now, this is a topic that I'm particularly excited Mm -hmm, about mm -hmm. because there are plenty of times where I can feel my energy waning, uh, especially in the latter part of the day. And Mm -hmm. so, I've been fascinated for a while with how do I eat for kind of maximum energy throughout the day? Uh, What can you tell us about that? One of my friends, uh, Dr. Zeno, likes to tell the story, and, and I'll share it with you here because mm-hmm. I think it fits. Mm-hmm. Uh, Petersville and Paulsville, right. okay? Two towns somewhere in our continent, and uh, they both have about 30 inches of rain a year. Okay. Okay? Mm-hmm. Now, you kind of, these towns must be fairly similar. They're about the same size. Uh, in Petersville, it rains a little bit every day. Okay. The town is green and beautiful, obviously. In Paulsville, for some reason, <clears throat> it seems to come all in about two days' time. <laughs> all 30 inches. All 30 inches. I mean, it just pours in. And, and you can imagine with that much water coming in, it's dry most of the year. And then it's flood time. So, which town would you rather live in? Well, rather I mean, the Greenville or <laughs> the, the Greenville. Sorry, it was a Paul Petersville. P- Petersville, yes, the Green Town. The I'll Green take that Town. One. Yeah. You know where it's coming now. There may be some mosquitoes and that type of thing, and maybe desert living is something that you like. But those floods are a bit of a problem. And this serves as a very nice illustration as far as what happens in our bodies when we pull energy in. Oh. Energy does better when it dribbles in over time rather than coming in like a flood. The term we use from a medical standpoint is glycemic index or glycemic load. That is how fast and how much energy, sugar, is coming into that body all at once. Is it dribbling in over time or is it a flood? I've heard of the glycemic index before. I think I've even seen some books talking about it. Yes, it's been uh, quite a helpful concept mm-hmm. uh, for people thinking about nutrition. These, it's rather interesting how they do it. They take a kind of a gold standard, either uh, like seven, I think it's 75 uh, grams, maybe 100 grams of glucose, and then you watch the blood sugar. What happens? It goes up after you eat that 100 grams and then comes back down. Or white bread. It goes up and then it comes down. And then you check your test food against that standard. Uh-huh. So let's say, for example, you did soda pop and you mm-hmm. put it up against glucose. You'd expect that blood sugar to go up and then you'd expect it to, for the soda to be, do about the same thing. Mm-hmm. So the glycemic index would be pretty close to 100. It might even go faster and be 110%. Mm. But if you checked broccoli, you see that glucose would go up, but then that broccoli would go up just a little bit. And you'd say, what percent did that go up, the area (laughs) under the curve? And you'd say, well, it's around maybe 18 or 20%. So essentially, if I hear you correctly, broccoli is a slower burn in the system than a soda pop. 
It's much more Petersville. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it lets the energy go slowly. You see, when the energy comes in like a flood, it's hard on our system, just like the flood was hard on Paulsville. Okay, uh-huh. so that sugar goes up high. Our body says, "Ooh, this is going to cause trouble." Insulin pours out. The body tries to find ways of dealing with it. Gets it put away, and whoosh, it'll drop too low afterwards. And often, what happens is people end up getting really hungry. You know that that breakfast in the morning where uh, you grab uh, a donut. Again, they're called do nots for a reason. Okay. <laughs> do nots. <laughs> something that's really sweet and a lot of sugar, and it drives that blood sugar up in mid morning. <laughs> It crashes back down, and there's no energy for the brain, and i got to have something else to eat. So, I mean, that's a, a pretty common uh, phenomenon in, in people's lives. Is that, is that a term? I've heard this term before, hypoglycemia? Yes. Is that? It's actually quite common. When people eat high glycemic foods, yeah. blood sugar will tend to go up, drop down. The pancreas can be stressed to the point where it forgets to uh, turn off and drops that blood sugar too low. We understand this is actually a pre-diabetes kind of effect. It's, there's stress on the pancreas. It's having a hard time. If you keep doing it, it's going to be problems. Hmm. So what's the solution to that? Well, the solution is easy. You move from Paulsville to Petersville. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm ready to move. <laughs> so you start putting uh, food in the system that goes in more slowly. Things that slow it down. Well, if you take, for example, whole wheat, mm-hmm. chewing on whole wheat berries, you they really bounce a bit. You take them in. They were really slowly. Your stomach is trying to take them apart because your teeth didn't quite get them apart. So they would have a lower glycemic index than, for example, whole wheat flour, which is ground into little tiny pieces, which goes in quickly and will go into the system faster. White bread would be even faster. So you move towards whole food, whole plant food, which still in its package. And uh, uh, the closer you get it to that package, why generally the slower it is. There are other principles that we could talk about, for example, Above ground vegetables, especially the non-starchy vegetables, are less likely to go in fast. For example, well, like we talked about broccoli already, but sure. you could talk about asparagus. You could talk about, of course, all the green beans. leafy things. Uh, beans would fall in that category mm-hmm. as well. Below ground vegetables like um, carrots, potatoes, potatoes, carrots, those types of things tend to go in a little faster. It's a general principle. Mm-hmm. It's not 100% mm-hmm. across the board. Mm-hmm. And it depends, of course, how much you eat of those things. So you look for foods that are closer to their the package that God made them in, and mm-hmm. they'll tend to go in a little bit slower is a good general principle. Mm. So I like that. Now, how? So, so when I'm looking at different meals of mm-hmm. the day, mm-hmm. Different meals of the day, it seems a little easier to, uh, I guess, find foods that would be lower glycemic index. I don't know. It just seems like breakfast is so... Uh, tradition. I don't know. Tell me, tell me what your ideal is, rather great than me suggesting study. things. Great study. Okay, mm-hmm. <clears throat> what they did was because, and this brings out another example of how important low glycemic is. Uh, exactly the same breakfast to two groups of people, randomly assigned. Mm-hmm. I mean, the orange juice, the cereal. Except in one group, the cereal was oatmeal, and in the other group, it was sugar frosted cornflakes. Okay. To be fair, yeah. they said, we're going to add the sugar that's on the cornflakes onto the oatmeal. 
Ah, okay. And then what they checked to see what would happen was not what happened with the blood sugars, but how much energy, how many calories the subjects wanted to take, how much they chose to eat for the rest of the day. It was fascinating because those that got the oatmeal ended up choosing one-third fewer calories. Nobody was telling them what to eat or not to eat. They just chose fewer calories. Why? Because they had chosen to move to Petersville. The energy was being released more slowly. They weren't having the crash. They weren't getting that incredible hungry. And Uh oatmeal is another one of those things which tends to release the energy more slowly into the system. Hmm. Interesting. I enjoy a good bowl of oatmeal in the morning for breakfast, Mm -hmm. and now I know why. Because I have thought before, Mm -hmm. there are certain kinds of meals that I have where by noon, I just feel, uh, or say 11 o'clock in the morning, I'm like, oh man, Mm -hmm. I'm really hungry. And there are others where... I have a different meal in the morning, and right. I, it's 12, 12, 31, and I'm like, yeah, I'm doing okay. I could eat, but uh, it just held me a whole lot better. Another great food yeah. for this is beans, okay? Okay. So, and one of, when I help, try to help people with diabetes, I, one of the things I ask them to do to keep that blood sugar down and keep it, is to use beans for breakfast, Now, that sounds odd for many of us, Mm -hmm. although in England, I understand that's a very common sort of a thing. But beans are also excellent. They got a lot of the soluble fiber. Uh, They they fill you up. They're good. Uh, Same amount of protein or about the same amount of protein as far as percent calories as beef, for example. Hmm. So it's a a good food that just tends to hang on. I think uh, one of my favorite foods... I think I've shared this with you before, is to get a piece of that uh, sprouted grain bread, put a little almond butter on, Mm -hmm. and I like a quarter cup of black beans on that. And if I have that in the morning, I'm not even hungry at lunchtime. The fiber from the whole grains, sprouted grains now, not ground Mm -hmm. grains, Mm -hmm. the nut butter and the beans just really extends that energy. And holds on for you. And I like the fact that we're tying this not just to hunger, but to your energy level. Mm -hmm. So that is really good. Now, so I like the idea of beans for breakfast, Mm -hmm. but I've I've just got to ask, what about the extra problems that tend to come with beans? (laughs) I love it when this comes up. Here's my response. Okay. Okay. All right. Are you ready? Yes. To err is human. (laughs) (laughs) To err is human, especially if I'm a big bean eater. (laughs) And I understand that beans tend to cause that problem, but we can deal with that, okay? All right. And let me help with that at least a little bit. It ends up that there's some sugars in the beans, some kind of unique sugars that tend to be responsible for this. Some of the bacteria start to chew on them. You can get them, or many of them, out of the beans by putting them with their water in the pot, Uh heating them up, letting it cool overnight, pour the water off, put more water on, and then finish cooking. And a lot of that gas-forming sugar goes out uh, with the water. So there's some hope. You can always... Add some Beano or, um, or maybe papain, or the little papaya mm-hmm, tablets mm-hmm, to kind of help mm-hmm. with some of the digestion. But the good news is that as you take beans over time, start with small amounts. Uh-huh. The increased fiber changes the gut bacteria, and over time you make less and less of the uh, gas. Uh, of the gas. Well, so. that is, that's a relief to hear. Mm-hmm. Now, 
So food, just, yes. There's no status in flatus. There's no <laughs> status. I would have to agree with okay. that. I would agree. Now, uh, so, so, so that's food, mm-hmm. the different things that mm-hmm. I can do with mm-hmm. food that are going to help give me energy throughout mm-hmm. the day. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else related to lifestyle that can help me to keep my energy level high throughout the rest of the day? Well, I, I think we've talked some before about the importance of exercise for keeping uh, your whole your circulation going, keeping your brain clear, mm-hmm. and that is certainly a, a thing that's worthwhile to do. Mm-hmm. Now, as far as keeping a clear brain, I help a lot of people with type two diabetes, for example. And if your blood sugar is really high, it also really clogs up the brain, so it's hard to think clear and tends to put you to sleep. It's one of those things that puts you to sleep after that meal in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. So one of the things you can do to help with that is to actually do some walking after your meal. Mm. And what that does is that it puts the sugar, when you're actually moving, mm-hmm. exercise moves sugar into the muscle cells without needing insulin. So the sugar doesn't go quite as high and your body doesn't have quite the, the flood response. Uh-huh. So uh, uh, it's another way to help keep yourself in Petersville. So if I had in Petersville, <laughs> I would like to do that. So after lunch, if I've got a 30-minute lunch break mm-hmm. or, or a 45-minute lunch break, uh, if I had my had my lunch, maybe mm-hmm. a nice bean mm-hmm. uh, st- uh, sandwich mm-hmm. like you're mm-hmm. like you're talking mm-hmm. about, um, then go for how long of a walk after oh, I eat? Oh, ten to fifteen minutes is oh, good. Oh, ten to fifteen. If minutes. you have okay. a thirty minute break, uh, eat your lunch for ten or fifteen minutes. That's mm-hmm. about what it takes us for our stomach to uh, start to say, "Hey, I guess I've had enough." Mm-hmm. And then go out and do a walk. It'll help oh. curb your appetite. It'll keep your blood flowing. It'll keep the blood sugar down. And if you eat a Petersville type meal, your energy should stay throughout the evening. Pretty constant throughout Mm -hmm. the evening. I like it. Good, good, good. So, our takeaway Mm -hmm. for our podcast today, Dr. Guthrie, what 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 is the most important thing that I should be looking at here to maintain that energy throughout the day? High fiber. High fiber. Whole plant food. Mm -hmm. Focus on that first. And that will tend to help that energy. last through the day very good very good. a little exercise for continued mental clarity and you should do great should be doing good well wonderful now you have some resources some free resources that you Mm -hmm. provide to people uh in the back of your book i i I have your book here in front of me right now and one of the free bonuses that uh, that you offer to folks which i really like is you have a menu it's a it's an 18 day menu that uh folks can Print out. It's it's available in the book, of course, but it's also available to print out and take with you. Absolutely, and it's high fiber, and it came right out of Petersville. Right, <laughs> and that's good because it ties back uh-huh. into this eating for energy. Mm-hmm. I love the recipes that are that are in the back of this book because they ad- adhere to these principles that yes. you're talking about mm-hmm. in the podcast series. So. If folks would like to be able to get this free download of the menu, you can go to eatplantsfeelwhole.com, sign up for the newsletter there, and then you would get access to this free download of the menu bonus. So, Dr. Guthrie, thank you very much for uh, sharing with us today about eating for energy. Mm-hmm. You've been listening to the Eat Plants Feel Whole podcast, a limited edition 15-part series where our goal is to help you to harness the healing power of plants and to transform your health. I've been your host, Todd Chobatar. 
If you would like to find out more about Dr. Guthrie's work, feel free to visit eatplantsfeelwhole.com. And if you would like to discover other great resources that will help you to feel whole in mind, body, and spirit, please visit adventhealthpress.com. And while you're there, be sure to sign up for the free newsletter where you'll get healthy living tips, leadership wisdom, and free giveaways. Thank you for joining us today.